by that man right there, Jahari Jones. Riley looking around. Anybody open? in the Canadian Football League. I'm Andy McNamara, and this is CFL Weekly, delivered by Domino's. I'm telling you, folks, with the football games we saw over the weekend in the CFL and the ones teed up for this week, perfect time for Domino's. Large four-topping pizza, just $12.99. How about that mix-and-match menu? You get pizza and maybe a boneless chicken, maybe pasta, marbled cookie brownie for dessert, and the mix-and-match options for $7.99 each. So make sure you're checking all that out at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Hey, guests today will have Glenn Suter, one of the best CFL on TSN analysts, and also... The new GM of the Toronto Argonauts, Mike Pinball Clemens. Now, I have to preface that by saying I chatted with Pinball yesterday about his charity event that's coming up. So we went over that and some big picture issues when it comes to uh, that are become very relevant about how to judge, to gauge in a losing season as a player uh, in management what you look for, how you get by, and how you avoid developing a losing culture. So we'll go over that with, uh, with Pinball. Still a very fascinating conversation as, well, the Argonauts, boy, uh, shaking it up. Jim Pop, what have you done for me lately, right? Gone. Fired as GM of the Toronto Argos. Mike Pinball Clemens is in. Corey Chamberlain's future, obviously the whole coaching staff, really the whole, and the, and the quarterbacks. Everything totally up in the air now for the Argos, who were eliminated from the playoffs and the worst record in the CFL. We'll also go over some CFL fantasy tips with our guy from Daily Roto and CFL.ca, Ben Kramer. Let's get to the news and notes. Let's do it. First down. And, of course, TSN CFL insider Dave Naylor all over the Argo story and replacing Jim Pop as GM. He takes us through the Argonauts relieving Jim Pop of his duties. I don't think it's really a surprise with the Argonauts at 2-12 and 12 on the season, 4-14 and 14 last year. And, of course, the timing coming just a couple of days after that humiliating defeat that they suffered Saturday night against the B.C. Lions. And it's a precipitous decline for the Argonauts under Pop, who led them to a great cup title in 2017, his first year as head coach. And if you want to look at where things went wrong for Pop and the Argonauts, you could look at a move he made in the offseason uh, before the 2018 season, Trading for James Franklin, the rights to James Franklin was a pending free agent quarterback, the backup in Edmonton, and a guy who was widely viewed the CFL as the next potential star quarterback in the league. It was a move that was praised for being proactive, and it looked like the Argonauts were set with Ricky Ray nearing retirement. They they had their next starting quarterback in-house. But Franklin, when he had to take over for Ricky Ray, injured in 2018, uh, never really worked between him and head coach Mark Tressman. They ended up going to McLeod Bethel Thompson. And during this most recent offseason, they swung hard to try to land Bo Levi Mitchell when he became a free agent before returning to Calgary. But ultimately, they were unsuccessful, and they returned this season with the same duo. Franklin is the starter. McLeod Bethel Thompson is the backup. Franklin was hurt early in the year. Bethel Thompson had some shining moments, but ultimately wasn't able to lead them to many victories. And when Franklin returned and took the job back, he was no better than he'd been early in the season. So ultimately, 
uh, instability, uh, a lot of disappointment at the quarterback position, uh, sinks the Toronto Argonauts the last two seasons and ends up with Jim Pop uh, being released with four games left in the season. Now, head coach Corey Chamberlain, who is not only the head coach, but also the defensive coordinator, remains on the job. He'd be very tough to replace in season, but his future remains very much up in the air, and it's expected at the conclusion of this year there will be a whole slew of changes coming for the Toronto Argonauts, who are now in the market for a general manager. That was uh, CFL on TSN Insider, Dave Naylor, taking us through the change. And, yeah, I- I'm with you on Corey Chamberlain, man. I didn't like the hire, not to dump on the guy, but I did not like the hire at the time. Much better coordinator than a head coach, in my opinion. Is this all on him? No. The quarterback position, as Dave said, you went for Bo Levi, Mitchell, didn't work. So you went back, and we love, you can check the archives in my interview with McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Fascinating guy. Absolutely love him. But he flashed, wasn't the answer. James Franklin, definitely not the answer. So where do you go? That's for the Argonauts to figure out. And it'll be either pinball or another GM next season to figure that out. Second down. All right, and we're heading into week 18. The playoffs almost here. So let's hear from Rod Smith and the CFL panel on which team they think has the most has been the most impressive as of late. All right, we're through 17 rounds, scheduled for 21 in this CFL regular season, and we're going to huddle up once again. Brady Bunch style with the coach, Mike Benavides, Milt Stiegel, and Henry Burris. Coach, you start us off with this because, boy, Hamilton looked good in Week 17. So did Saskatchewan and Montreal. Hey, the BC Lions even look great against the Argos. Which team in the league is impressing you the most right now? Well, for me right now, Roderick, it would be the Hamilton Tiger Cats. 12 wins, point differential 171, clearly the best that way. Great offense, great defense, Mm. explosive, just got a running back. So for me, it's Hamilton. You know, for me, it's those Montreal Alouettes, the fashion in yeah. which they, they're winning games. Mm-hmm. They've had to come back down by numerous points going into the second half, and they always find a way to come back. Is it offense? Is it defense? Is it special teams? They're getting it done all three facets of the game. I love both what team, teams that you guys both mentioned, but nobody gave Saskatchewan a chance to win the West. I doubt any of y'all picked Saskatchewan to win the West. Right now, they're sitting at 10-5. and five. Who would have thought it would have been with mm-hmm. Cody Fajardo as the starting mm-hmm. quarterback? Yes, Craig Dickinson, who became the head coach just before the season started, he's doing a great job getting this team going. Right now, for me, it's the Saskatchewan speaking Rough Riders. Over here. Right. He's speaking right. truths. Okay, uh, Milt, our viewers may or may not know that you fashion yourself as a pretty good dancer. Jury may be what? still out on no that, dance. but you be the judge here. <laughs> BC Lions offense or defense? Who won this dance off? You know, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the offense. You know, they had a little rhythm going on right there. And it was it was organic. It wasn't planned out. I like what the defense did right there, but that offense they came with a little break dance, a little lock and popping. Yeah, Benny, you don't not, know anything not, about not, dancing. Not even you, close. you can't talk <laughs> about dancing, Benny. I can't, but no, I can't. All right, there you go. CFL and TSM panel about uh, which team has been the most impressive. The dancing stuff doesn't really do much if you can't see it, but you can check that all out. Of course, great content on tsn.ca. Let's move on. Third down. All right, rankings time here on CFL Weekly. Let's head back over to Rod Smith and the CFL on TSN panel to check out the top most outstanding Canadian candidates for this season. 
we present the 7-11 player rankings looking at the top seven most outstanding Canadian candidates of 2019. And he has Andrew Harris at the top, followed by Lamar Durant of the Lions and Corey Greenwood, who's been injured the last couple of games. Enoch Mwamba, Kwaku Botang of the Eskimos, Chris Van Zyl of the Ticats and his teammate, Tunde Adelike. All right, Benny, the rule is you can switch the order, or if you're going to add a name that's not on that list, you got to take one off. Okay, I can do that. Slurpy boy, don't know what you're drinking, but we are <laughs> going to do this. Two things. Firstly, Slurpees, yeah, sure. First thing we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and move Kwaku Earthquake Botang up. He got to move up a couple of spots. But the other thing I'm going to do is, I'm sorry, Tunde, I'm taking you off. Oh. But I'm going to put the former Santa, Con Santa Monica College and Surrey Ram, Sean White. Yeah, the dude yeah, is money. Yeah, nice. He's yeah. got a, over yeah, 150 yeah. points himself. He is money with 89%. If I'm putting one guy up there, Whitey is getting on that You're board. showing some love to your old players. He's, He's got the points. It's proof. 150 over top. I'm, not, I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm taking, you know what? I'm taking Corey Greenwood off. And I'm taking him off, not because because he's oh. been balling, but he's missed the last two games and mm. he's on six games. So I'm taking him off. I'm putting Sean White on there. I'm moving Enoch Moamba up to number two Ooh. and moving everyone else down. I'm also moving Chris Van Zyl up to four and move everyone else down because those guys have been balling. Yep. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shock you guys with this one. I'm putting Chris Van Zyl up top, number one. Wow. Woo! Number one, guys. Show some love for the old line. Number one. Number one. You know why? Because look at the way Hamilton's playing. Yes. And it's all He's because they've it. been physical. They only gave a one sack to that Winnipeg defensive line last week, led by Chris Van Zyl and Riker Matthews. But Chris Van Zyl, guys, he's had, I mean, what did He's he go killing to the fountain it. of youth. He's <laughs> been killing it this year. But him, Enoch Mwamba, Kwaku Botank are my top three right so, now. So, because for me, ever so, since week 15, Second half against Montreal. What's happening? No, 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 no. I want you. What is happening? They need to give him the ball more because right now he's been non-existent. If the season ends right now, and this is not a rhetorical question, is Andrew Harris the top Canadian? No. He's not the top For Canadian. For me, it's Chris Van Zyl. Okay. And then I, I could okay. say Andrew Harris is number two. Okay. But right now, to me, Chris Van Zyl has been giving it, guys. And okay. he's only getting better by the way, the By the way, on that list, four of the seven defensive players. Last defensive player to win top Canadian, Brent Johnson. He won it twice. One more recent one. Like another guy you coached. Big he won Ten years ago. Ten oh, years ago. I'm big Hill. Defensive end. I don't have it. Defensive have end. It. Ricky Foley. Ricky Foley. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> the coach of Canada. The 7-Eleven player rankings. There you are, Rod Smith and the gang. Some of the, we're getting to award season, people, right? Like, it's almost here. What a slew of games. What a schedule for Week 18. I'm going to go over all of them. Well, most of them. The big storylines with Glenn Suter, CFL on TSN analyst, former player, one of the best guys in the business. Love talking with Glenn. And we will do that next on CFL Weekly Coast to Coast across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. CFL Weekly. Canada-wide across the TSN radio network, I'm Andy McNamara. Coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studios. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. 
Instagram at Andy MC Sports. You can watch behind the scenes and some great chats during the commercial break with Shock Fanatic 09 and Metal Poet 99 here on twitch.tv slash Live. Jump in the chat room, talk some CFL, talk whatever as we get going. We're delivered by Domino's. And joining me on the Domino's Pizza Delivery Line, get your fresh Large four-topping pizza for just twelve ninety-nine, and all the great specials at Domino's.ca. Chatted with them a little bit earlier today. Glenn Suter from the CFL on TSN. Glenn, let's begin news of the day. Of course, the Toronto Argonauts saying bye to Jim Pop as GM and back in the pinball. Mike Pinball Clemens to lead the way the rest of the season. That, of course, means lots of uncertainty for the head coach and the coaching staff and, and really what the future is going to be for this Toronto Argonaut team. Was this a surprise to you? Not that it, it came, period, but that it came now near the end of the season. No, based on you know the dynamic in pro sports and, and the last two years for the Argos and their record, no, it, it's not a surprise. This is what happens this is how it works and you know Jim Pop's legacy will be intact mostly going back to his time in Montreal and building a championship team and I'm sure he won't be out of work long having said that now the move I really like the move for a lot of reasons but Mike Clements first of all his passion for football the game itself the Argos the CFL our country and that city that passion is sincere Mm -hmm. it's real and it comes from a great place with pinball. And everybody knows him in the city. He is one of the most popular sort of athlete celebrities. Uh, one of the few as far as the CFL goes, unfortunately, and hopefully that changes in the near future. But I like the move for a lot of reasons. The sincerity of his passion is the first one. But he's also had a couple of things now that to add to his resume that will help him in this, even though he's a new GM. One is that he's coached before. And yeah. when, you, when you understand what the coach needs, then you can better understand the GM role. And I, I think that's going to really help him. He's been able to watch from the outside, kind of looking in, being sort of involved with the Argos as an ambassador, but watching from the outside. And he's been able to sort of observe the good and the bad. And and I'm sure has tremendous ideas. And you know when he stand in, when he stands in front of a room, whether it's a corporation, kids playing minor football, a new fan or an old fan, it doesn't matter. You just feel better when you finish a conversation you with do. Mike Clements. You so, <laughs> so do. It's yeah, so and true. So, and so this is what I you know this is why a lot of the reasons why I like this move. In conversation with Glenn Suter, one of the tremendous voices on the CFL on TSN. He'll be calling Saskatchewan versus Calgary Friday, the late game, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on TSN. But before we get there, Glenn, I want to talk about the BC Lions. They're into Edmonton. And uh, hold on a moment. The, the impossible is now within reach. Glenn, could the BC Lions make the playoffs? They could. It's it's still a long shot, and as my dad used to say, you're going uphill both ways in the <laughs> snow and bare feet. Right. Uh, because because Edmonton just needs to almost they can stumble into one win in the, in their last few games here, and and they take it. They take the playoff spot. So they still have control for sure. But the Lions, if you look at it right now, and you take the Edmonton Eskimos the way they've been playing of late, the BC Lions, even though it was Ottawa twice and a really bad effort from the Toronto Argonauts, especially in the first half of that game last weekend. Uh, you know, I think you, you you have to put a little bit of an asterisk beside it, but winning is winning, mm-hmm. and this is pro football, and, and when you win, you, you g- gain confidence. 
They've done that. I thought their defense turned around mid-August and, and have been playing better since then. Their O-line turned three or four weeks ago with Kelly Bates and that ad as an offensive line coach. So Mike Riley now has time to throw. Can you imagine what he can, can, you imagine what he can accomplish when you know Mike Riley has time to throw? Yeah. So, all of a sudden, they look like the real team. So if you were taking these two teams based on their last three or four weeks, and you said, what would be the best or the better uh, Eastern semifinal with Montreal? Edmonton-Montreal or BC-Montreal? Which team has a better chance to upset Montreal in that? I would say it's the BC Lions by far right now. Yeah, with Logan Kilgore in instead of uh, Trevor Harris and Mike yeah. Riley putting up. Like These are more Mike Riley numbers, right? 286 yard, 353, 309, 276. Now we're starting to see the interceptions. They're still there, but they're going down five. Uh, you know, and as you said, it might be a bit of an outlier, the five to zero TDC interceptions against the Argos. But, um, in any case, that's, that's the one angle. Now we go to the game you'll be calling Saskatchewan Rough Riders into Calgary, which we know is always tough, but especially this time of year against the Stampeders. Saskatchewan first at 10 and four, Calgary second at nine and five. Like, Glenn, could you ask for a better Friday night football matchup? Come on. Well, I, I think this is the regular season game of the year. I'm with you. I'm and, with you 100%. Uh, you know, yeah. honestly, I mean, you know, to get that first place spot and the buy into the final, the buy into the championship game, you know, that, that is what all the teams fight for all season long. And this game goes so far down that road to determining who's going to be first in the division. And, you know, I, I think Bo Levi Mitchell's playing at a great, still high level that he's always played at, the best win-loss record and and winning percentage in Canadian Football League history. But once it leaves his hands, he's not in control anymore, and they Mm -hmm. turned it over four times in in Montreal and lost that game because of it. So there's a lot of different aspects of that team that have to continue to improve to beat a Saskatchewan team that's now won 9 out of 10. You know what's an interesting aspect of, of this season is, you know how for years football analysts like myself has said that you know young quarterbacks have to learn the system they have to take time sometimes it's three or four years sure. that that whole philosophy has been blown out of the water this year <laughs> Cody Cody Fajardo is going to get a big contract offer mm-hmm. in Saskatchewan Nick Arbuckle looks like the real deal when he played for Bo Levi Mitchell in Calgary you know, you, you see Dane Evans and Hamilton, the best team in the league right now, yeah. the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and Dane Evans is going to make it difficult for management in the offseason to determine what they want to do when Jeremiah Mazzoli is a free agent and healthy and Dane Evans is a free agent and healthy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, this whole theory that every young quarterback needs two or three years to mature and become a good player that has been blown out of the water this year. <laughs> we, we've got a season. lot of these young guys just tearing it up. Yeah, what, what, you're, you're right, Glenn. What a strange season. And, and you know what? It would be, uh, it is a good situation for, for Calgary going back to Bo Levi Mitchell with the bagel back, right? You got, uh, yeah. Reggie Bagleton returning last week after missing three. So that goes, that goes back to at least for Bo Levi, he'll have that sure-handed guy he can trust, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, you know, he's he's a guy that I'm sure will be their nominee or or should be their nominee for for MOP out of Calgary. Uh, I think he'll be in tough against Brian Burnham in BC in that mm-hmm. regard coming out of the West. But you know, Cody Fajardo might be part of that conversation too. Well. But you're right. I mean, you get Bo back I, again. I think Bo's playing as well as he's always played. I, I he, even in the Montreal game. I mean, he he was he was 
finding receivers. He was in that rhythm. He was making the right decisions. All of the things that we see from Bullev and Levi Mitchell, but the receivers kept getting hit and dropping the ball. Some of those were caused turnovers, and some of those were just sloppy uh, mistakes by Calgary receivers or running backs. So, you know, I, I, I think the Calgary Stampeders still deserve the respect that they get as being the number one team year after year in the division. But right now they're second. And this game will determine if Saskatchewan takes that next step and wins the division and pushes Calgary down a notch. Now they're in a battle with Winnipeg to see who gets home field. Yeah, That's right, boy. It is going to be a fun weekend as we march to the playoffs. Glenn, thank you so much as always. Anytime, Andy. Thank you. All right, there he is, Glenn Suter. What a true pro. And just like Chris Cuthbert we talked to last, uh, last week, one of the nicest guys on and off the phone, radio, camera, whatever. Just a, a true, genuine human. Love Glenn Suter. Uh, so it's great to have him. We will step aside. On the other side of the break, my conversation with the now new general manager of the Toronto Argonauts, Mike Pinball Clemens, and charity event he has coming up. Tell you more about my chat after the break here on CFL Weekly. Welcome back, Week 18 edition of CFL Weekly, Canada-wide across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara, coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studios. You can watch behind the scenes in studio on twitch.tv slash andymaclive, twitch.tv slash andymaclive. Get me on Twitter at andymc81 and on Instagram at andymcsports. So here's the situation, folks. I had a great conversation Yesterday, so Monday, with Mike Pinball Clements, who is now the general manager of the Toronto Argonauts. Now, the trouble with the timing of the interview was when I talked to Pinball, obviously he wasn't going to let me in on that. He was going to become, not 24 hours later, the new GM of the Argonauts. However, lucky for me, you got a pro interviewer here, folks. Okay, So this is what I did. I wanted to pick Pinball's brains because he, as a former player, as a former head coach, an executive at the time, I wanted to ask him, and I did, I think you guys will, will really like the, um, the insight from his answers, on when you're in a losing season, the Argos are eliminated, you have nothing to play for, they really haven't for a while. When you're in that type of situation, what do you try to do as an pl- active player, and what do you look for as a coach, as an executive from the players? How do you try to keep the culture going in a positive direction in a losing side? What do you look for? What do you try to build towards? So I pick his brain about that. And then a very exciting charity event that he has going on with some other athletes and celebrities based out of Woodbine Mohawk uh, that we'll get into a little bit later on. So here's my chat with the now general manager of the Toronto Argonauts, Mike Pinball Clemens. Pinball, great to have you back on CFL Weekly Canada-wide again. How are you doing, my friend? I'm better than I deserve. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> doing well. Hey, we, you know what? We're in the, the, the crunch time leading up to the Grey Cup playoffs, right? Like, we are in it now. We are in week 18, and it's, it's exciting. We, there's so many different playoff implications. So whenever football's on, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm doing good. So uh, I'm sure you're the same way. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, well, almost because we're in and we're out. Well, so, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we 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 just uh, mathematically uh, got put out of the playoffs, and so um, we we are looking forward to uh, trying to finish up well, create a little momentum, so we can go into next year uh, ready to, ready and firing on all cylinders. Exactly, and you know what? I, I want to get to a couple of the um, kind of big picture, uh, not just for the Argonauts, but in in general when it comes to uh, you being. Being a former player, former coach, of course. So, as you said, you know, not not the best year for the Argonauts, but they lost out in BC. Now we hear all the time about how tough it is for players and teams making those long cross country road trips. So, as a former player yourself, and then on the coaching side too, like what makes those trips out to Vancouver so challenging for an individual and then for the team as a whole? Well, you know, um, it, it's one of those things that you say, hey, listen, just put this thing out of your mind. You know, as a player, you need to be focused. You're a professional. This is what you do. And you you want to believe that you, you can uh, treat that game just like every other game on the schedule. Uh, but the statistics suggest that uh, that is not the case. Um, that, uh, I, you know, I, I think, you know, East Coast teams, uh, when some, uh, yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure, but like one in five times they, they play in BC yeah. in that seven o'clock game. Uh, so now at other times, you know, they have the change, but when you play at seven, which is a 10 o'clock kickoff East Coast time and a one o'clock, uh, finish, uh, on the East Coast, guys are playing at one in the morning. And so, um, it is a difficult thing. Uh, you you want to be a professional. Uh, you want to try to figure out, you know, how do you balance that? How do you do it? Um, you you don't want to make it an issue. You don't want to, you know, have it something that's lingering in your mind. Uh, we would probably um, like some help from the league of maybe pushing that game up a little bit. So right. maybe it's a 7 or even 8 o'clock start uh, on the East Coast. It, it would actually give our fans a little bit better vantage point and, and, uh, and maybe have the guys be a little bit fresher. But the big thing, it's a game on your schedule. You don't complain about it. You know, let's go out there next year and try to find a way to get a win. Right, and you know, and you know it's coming every year, and you go through it every year. It's just one of those one of those situations, right? It's an odd stat. It is, it is, and you know, when I was playing, uh, it's such a beautiful city out there. You know, some guys get distracted with that. You know, maybe you you're going around and you're looking at more, especially because the game is a late game, and right. and uh, so it, it um, you know. You know whether whether it's the lateness of the hour, whether it's the distractions that it uh, comes with being such a beautiful city, uh, whatever that is, uh, we we need to um, not allow that to be an excuse for us and and uh, um, move on and and uh, have greater success uh, on the West Coast. Now, Pinball, as a incredible playing career, obviously well documented. People though, you've been at the highest of highs and and lows too for players, coaches, and all that. So when you're going through a stretch like the Argonauts are now, out of the playoffs, you're looking. There's still games to be played as a player, and then as as more so even maybe as a coach. What are you looking at on and off the field from the players? Because it's it's tough, I'm sure, to keep players engaged. But at the same point, you want to watch to see. Who's kind of checking out and, and who's still giving it their all, right? I had a, a three and fifteen season, and uh, it, it is it is tough uh, to manage um, more of the the temperament of the guys on the team. It, it, you're really just trying to keep guys up, 
trying to keep guys uh, motivated, trying to keep guys positive. It's crazy that on some of the teams that don't perform as well, that you actually get a pretty close knit group of guys um, because you go through so many challenges together. Uh, however, it's not the preferred way to build relationships. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That, that's safe to. That is an eloquent way to put that. It's not the. It's not the preferred way to go on a losing streak. But you know what, Pinball? Honestly, though, it it kind of could be kind of a, I guess a an us against the world. And as long as you come out the other side of it or finish strong, it can be a team building thing, right? It can be a team building exercise, and as as soon as I say we went three and fifteen, the next year we went fifteen and three. Now a lot of things uh, took place that year. It was the year where we the, the CFL came back from the U.S., and so you had the dispersal draft that uh-huh. came on, and we actually got a little guy named Doug Flutie huh. uh, that year as well, and so uh, so that made a, obviously made a, a huge difference in in why we had the turnaround. But as a coach, you mentioned as a coach as well. You know the um, when you when you get in this situation, um, I, I think I would imagine I've I've uh, never been in a situation that is this challenging. I've um, uh, you know didn't um, make the playoffs one year when I was coaching for a full year, and uh, that year we were still in it to the to that last game. Actually, we right. played and won, and so we were still in. And the other team had to lose, and they didn't. So I've, I've never sort of been all the way there, but but I'd, I'd like to think that number one, what you're looking at is um, number one, trying to build some kind of winning spirit, some kind of, uh, you, you want to get a win. You because you don't want to learn how to lose. You can create a culture right. that way of, of learning how to lose. So, so that's part of it. Then, then you're, you're, you're looking at individuals. So you'll probably give more guys a chance to play maybe than you normally would, uh, trying to put them in situations to, to uh, see them and whether or not they can thrive in those situations. You, you probably go a little bit deeper into your roster, uh, maybe guys who are even on the practice roster, uh, and, and giving those guys an opportunity as well. Uh, the biggest thing, though, is actually uh, giving yourself self something to build on for the next season and, and, uh, and trying to do that. So whatever that might look like, giving yourself something to build on, I think, is, is uh, probably the, the key to trying to finish out a season uh, that's been this challenging. Michael Pinball Clevitz. All right, Pinball. Now, on Twitter, people can get the Pinball Foundation at PinballFDN, but... This is a really cool event you're a part of. So this is called, this is in combination with with Woodbine, the Breeders' Crown Charity Challenge. And you can go vote, vote for pinball at www.bccharitychallenge.com. And the uh, Breeders' Crown, it's like the the Grey Cup of Harness Racing at Woodbine, October 25 and 26, free to attend on the outdoor grandstands uh, or 20 bucks on the indoor uh, uh, stands for two nights of racing. It's a really cool event, but... You're going up against, and this is going to go all the way through. Um, you're going to have the celebrity uh, races. So you get a horse, uh, essentially, and and you track the earnings, the winnings as you go through. And you'll be up against Team Eddie Olchick, Team Dan Plezak, Team T- Kim McDonald. And there is just, this sounds like fans can have a lot of fun with it. And the breeders, uh, the breeding auction to raise funds for this Breeders' Crown Charity Challenge was held last week in Kentucky. So a total of $205,000 was raised. And, you know, hey, the Pinball Foundation can be up for that if, if people vote. Are you a big horse racing fan or are you a, like I, I like watching? I'm more of a casual fan, but I, I always love getting out to Woodbine. 
so I, I, I am uh, the big race fan. Ah, uh, gotcha, you know, gotcha. sort of like watching the the major tournaments right. uh, in golf, right? Oh, for um, yeah, so I, I, I uh, or the Grand Slam tournaments in tenement, uh, tennis. I, I, I'm I'm the big event fan, uh, so I I, I um, haven't watched it as much um, with the other events, and so now this is getting me into it a little bit more. And my my youngest daughter, huge huge. She just, she loves horses. Uh, it, it, I, between horses and dogs, her, her, her favorite animals, and um, she has a dog, so, so she may love that a little bit more because it's actually <laughs> hers. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, she, she just loves it, and, and so this whole idea. Uh, but, you know, the, uh, you know, another thing is that they're, they're actually making the opportunity here uh, for uh, charities to be included, some yeah. very, very, um, uh, um, just some amazing charities uh, that are involved here. Our specific charity uh, um, helps young people in our local community here go from the margins to mainstream or community to career, so not just a a, a post-secondary training, uh, but gainfully, sustainably employed, and, awesome. and so that's what our goal here is to to help those uh, young people who um, are struggling the most uh, to to become uh, gainfully employed. So, so that's what we do, and uh, we do that through uh, education. Promote that through education. We have um, a little bit more than thirty young people who are on uh, scholarship or, or bursary programs with us. Uh, the, the current school year and. And, um, and we're a year and a half into this um, uh, new sort of positioning. I think people know from us from before by building schools in developing countries. Yeah. So education has always been a fundamental part uh, of, of what we do. And, and we built over 200 classrooms in developing countries. And we're still doing some work in, in uh, Kenya and other places. Uh, uh, but our real focus now is in our local community. That's amazing. It's such a amazing work for so many years, Pinball. And I should clarify, too, this, the Breeders' Crown is going to be at Woodbine Mohawk Park. So I just said Woodbine before. Make sure you know it's Woodbine Mohawk Park, October 25, Mohawk. 26. Yes. And now, hey, and like I said, BC Charity Challenge. So for you, uh, you guys got uh, the, the, the horses picked out. Team Clemens has, it's such a hard name, Warawi Ubo. I think I'm saying that right. If not, yes, yes, that's probably fine. I pronounce it the same way. <laughs> you know what? We I'm don't sorry? care how you pronounce. We, we don't care how you pronounce it as long as it, as long as the horse wins, right? That's what we're going for. Yeah, and, and when they win, everybody knows how to pronounce it, right? Egg, yes, uh, exactly. That's right. We all can say <laughs> Andreescu now, right? <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. <laughs> when you win, you learn the name. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's so it. Both. That's it. When they win, we learn their name. That's it. That's yes. it. And, uh, how fantastic is Bianca? How, how oh fantastic my gosh. is Just, she? Just, well, yeah, what a amazing. great story. Um, and you know what? Let's make Pinball's story even greater here by going to bccharitychallenge.com. Vote for Pinball. Just a quick click. And make sure you get yourself out to Woodbine Mohawk to check out the Breeders' Crown October 25 and 26. Pinball, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And we wish good luck to all the charities because they're all um, doing great work. All right. There he is. Mike Pinball Clemens, now GM of the Toronto Argonauts. As they get ready to, well, mix things up. Let's bring in producer 
Arad Asvandi. Arad, uh, big news in Argos land. I, I like the move because if you're going to make the change, at least you know you can always slide pinball in. He knows the franchise. He knows the city. And he can be that safe placeholder while you look for the next regime. He, he'll calm the waters. Exactly. Everyone loves pinball. An angry fan base. He'll calm everybody down. You know, he'll look at the big picture. My question to you, they're not going to go anywhere with this group of QBs. No. We've been saying that all year. Where where are they going to find the next franchise QB? Well, here's the thing. They tried for Bo Levi Mitchell in the offseason. Didn't work. And that was really, it seemed like that was Jim Pop's only plan. And then when that didn't work, he was like, oh... Uh, guess we'll come back with the same guys? And it didn't work. Uh, James Franklin was so, and I don't blame the Argos for taking a shot on him, because he was so highly touted out of Edmonton uh, behind Mike Riley. Right? It was, he was supposed to be the guy. He was, all right, he'll get his shot, and he'll be the next one. It just did not work. It didn't work with Tressman. didn't work this year. But Cloud Bethel Thompson came in and flashed. I think at the very least... Um, Macbeth has proved he can be a capable backup, but he's not the guy. Like we, friend of show, we love him. But one of the best CFL interviews I've ever done, most entertaining. But he's not the guy. Franklin's definitely not the guy. Where do you get him? You might have to try to make a big play, big spend on a Cody Fajardo. You got other free agents coming up either this year or next, right? A Dane Evans, right? What if Ham- is Hamilton going to let him walk to the Argos? Right, like there are so many different aspects. Do you go trade? Do you go sign? What is that going to be like? But we know this, and Jim Pop, who made the playoffs for what twenty straight years or something in Montreal, why? Because he had his quarterback Anthony Calvillo. You NFL, CFL, whatever L, you don't got your quarterback. You're done. Plain and simple, right around like CFL's a throwing league. If you don't got a guy who can do it, it's over. Sorry. You're absolutely right, 100%. Right? Like 100%. That's, that's it. So where are they going to come from? All I know is this. They're not on the roster. Like, if it's me, I would maybe, I would try to keep um, our guy McLeod as a backup. Good dude. Been around. You know, I, I, I think you could do that. I, uh, you're also going to get a new head coach in here. There's no way Corey Chamberlain comes back. No way. G- new GM's going to come in. Chamberlain, love him as a defensive coordinator. Don't like him as a head coach. Plain and simple. You're going to have a new guy. He's going to have new ideas with the quarterback. Maybe he has a connection to bring in a quarterback. There's so many question marks. So we're going to have to follow this as the season finishes up and goes into the off season. We will finish off this show with some CFL fantasy tips from our guy from Daily Roto from CFL.ca, Ben Kramer. He joins me to wrap up CFL Weekly delivered by Domino's Pizza at Domino's.ca next across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Back to wrap up CFL Weekly Canada-wide across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. As you know, we're delivered by Domino's. Perfect football food, folks. You know it's true. 
Get a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. And check out the Pizza the Pie Rewards program. So all you do, when you go to dominoes.ca, top right corner, you'll see sign in Pizza the Pie Rewards. Free to sign up, free to enter. You sign up, and then whenever you make an online order at dominoes.ca, any order that is more than $10, you get 10 points towards a free pizza. So you get pizza for buying pizza. It's perfect. Piece of the pie rewards. Check it out at dominoes.ca and check out all the terrific delivery and carryout deals at dominoes.ca. Make sure you get us on Instagram at AndyMCSports, Twitter at AndyMC81. It's that time, folks. We're, we're, man, this season is just clipping along. Week 18. Let's get some CFL fantasy tips from my guy, Ben Kramer. Ben, the big news in the CFL, of course, in Argo land. Uh, GM Jim Pop out. Michael Pinball Clemens in. Don't know what that means really for our fantasy lineup, but what we do know is that the Argonauts are still coming off of a 55-8 to bashing at the hand of the, all of a sudden, kind of relevant BC Lions. Uh, when we look at, at this week, Argos kick it off on Friday in the early game, hosting Ottawa, the two worst teams in the CFL. Uh, are we touching anybody fantasy-wise from that first game, Ottawa and Toronto? Yeah, I think we can pretty much dub it Toilet Bowl 2019, right? Ooh, yeah. This is going to be a championship for the rest of them because <laughs> they are pretty bad teams. Yeah, yeah I think if McLeod Bethel-Thompson gets the start this week, as he justifiably should, there's no one else on that team who should be playing quarterback for them. No. I think versus the Ottawa defense, he could still be an interesting property as his price has come down a fair bit. On the DraftKings contest, he's one of the cheaper starting quarterbacks at only 9000 and all. Ottawa presents a pretty juicy matchup for opposing quarterbacks. On the CFL.ca contest, his price is up a little bit more, but it's still very affordable at the 8300 range, and he turns out to be pretty much the best value a quarterback on the slate. Now, he carried a little bit of risk that he could get pulled, but the reality right. is if he's playing poorly enough that he gets pulled, it was already a bad decision to start with. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's, that is very, very valid. Um, we're avoiding the quarterback situation for Ottawa. Uh, in any of the positional spots for for the Red Blacks or Toronto, anybody, whether it's value, high end, like it's it's just kind of these two teams are so are so bad. I'm just not sure where to go. Like the James Wilder Jr. seems pretty pricey, second most expensive uh, running back on the slate, and not a whole lot of production there when it comes to the DraftKings or um, on DraftKings. He's the the fourth most expensive on the TSN.ca contest. He's second most expensive. What about the the running backs and wide receivers for Ottawa and Toronto? Then we'll we'll move on to juicier. Con- Contests. You bet. Yeah, I think the interesting thing is there that it's tough to get too excited about a Toronto running back because Rainey and Wilder are really basically in a full time share right now, yeah. about splitting the work halfway. Ottawa gives up the most touchdowns per carry in the CFL, but the reality is if they're each getting only half the carries, your likelihood that one of them will get a score as opposed to Franklin coming in and vulturing them at the goal line is pretty poor. So I'd stay away from them. I think Moses Madou carries a little bit of interest versus that Toronto defense that's giving up the most yards per carry in the CFL and second most yards per or second most touchdowns per carry. I think if he gets his usual kind of 12 carries and a half dozen targets, he could still be interesting, especially given the young quarterback is probably going to check down a little bit more often than usual. In conversation with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca talking fantasy tips 
for week 18 already. We've done this 18 times, brother. Can you believe it? My gosh. Wow. <laughs> and we still like each other, right? And we do. It's pretty great. I, I like you even more than the start. It's great. It's terrific. And awesome insight as well on Twitter at Benjamin. Uh, okay, let's go to the uh, the next uh, slate here. So we've got some real interesting matchups when it comes to the rest of the weekend. Saskatchewan, Calgary, Montreal, Winnipeg, BC, Edmonton. My gosh, if the Lions make a comeback, I don't know I don't know what's up. Uh, but when we look at out of those matchups, and, and let's stick with the uh, the uh, wide receiver position. Let's hit that up for a moment here. Who do you like in value-wise? And, and maybe a must-start. Uh, the Bagel Town is back. Reggie Bagleton as well, just as a heads up. Yeah, it's one of the first weeks in a while that we haven't had Banks and Addison to kind of rely on mm-hmm. for their 20 points a week up top. And so we're going to be looking at a couple other places. Right at the top of the projections, you're going to have Brian Burnham taking over the top spot. But versus Edmonton, it's still giving up the fewest plays per game and has one of the better pass rushes in the league. I think this is one of those games that BC is probably going to come back down to earth after four straight weeks of Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal without Vernon Adams. I think that offense starts to regress pretty heavily this week against the best defense they've seen in over a month. And that game could kind of turn into a 16-13 disappointment. So I'm probably staying away from that BC offense for the most part. In general, I'm probably looking at some of the more mid-tier wide receivers. You can get the lucky Whitehead, who's now getting some punt return duty again and kick return duty versus Montreal, giving up the second most yards per attempt through the passing game. Whitehead could produce a little bit of something. You've got Josh Huff coming off the biggest game of his career, still priced really reasonably in the 3600 range. And if you really want to believe that Jordan Williams-Lambert is going to get some targets out there on the wide side, he's back at the game, but he only had one target that officially counted this last week and two that was negated by a penalty. I think he's somebody that you could look at on the cheap end of the spectrum if they work him in a few other positions, but he carries a fair bit of risk out there at the failed wide side position. Yeah, and that's uh, 3000 bucks going there on the DraftKings lineup for Williams Lambert. Who, it just seems like we're, we're just waiting. Like, come on, right? Like, l- light him up a little bit here, and, and let's see. Let's see <laughs> Do what's something. Up. Do something, man. Please. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the defense, the defensive side. Again, Toronto Ottawa almost Kind of seems like a wash. Um, I'm thinking maybe maybe the BC Lions defense against Edmonton and Logan Kilgore. Like that's kind of a value. Forty four hundred bucks on on the DraftKings slate. Where are you looking on D? Yeah, I think if people want to go cheap at defense, BC is probably going to have another reasonable game for a fourth week in a row. Given that Kilgore is giving up two or three turnovers a game and really isn't able to push the ball downfield with any accuracy, mm-hmm. I think BC could probably pin their ears back and tee off on them just as they have the last couple of weeks versus poor pass protection. If folks have a little bit more salary to spend up for, I think that Calgary defense versus Fajardo, who hasn't been able to push the ball downfield consistently, it's been a little bit more of an throw the short passes and let the receivers do the work, or that Winnipeg defense. It's been quiet the last couple weeks, but Montreal certainly still has the opportunity to give up sacks versus a Winnipeg defense that's creating some of the most in the league. So I think Winnipeg and Calgary, a couple of interesting options up top if you have the salary to get there. In conversation with Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca, talking CFL fantasy on Twitter, at Benjamin. For one of the higher price, but uh, I guess a few a few stages down, who would you take here at the 8000 and then 7900 salary mark here, Ben? William Standback for Montreal at 8000 versus the number one ranked fantasy D against running backs um, in Winnipeg. Or John White, not the first, not the second, not the third, but the fourth 
for BC in Edmonton. And uh, the uh, Eskimos overall in the season are the second best and stingiest team against fantasy running backs. Yeah, I think White is a little bit interesting, at least, just because he's been getting such a consistent Mm -hmm. workload over the past month here as they've leaned a little bit more heavy on the run game to try and take some of the pressure off of Riley's shoulders and give him a little bit more time to work. So White still interests me at 7,900, which is a fairly mid-tier price range. I think the running back that a lot of people will have to look at pretty closely this week is Shaq Cooper for Edmonton, starting against BC on the other side of the field. He's only 5,300 on DraftKings and I think 4,800 on CFL.ca. And he's going to be probably the best value to look at. It's going to be the question of whether that Edmonton offense can sustain any drives for him and create those opportunities for him to carry the ball and get targets out of the backfield that he did a couple of times earlier this season when he kind of came out of nowhere and had some huge games. Ben, great stuff, buddy. And for Daily Roto, uh, there's NFL coverage and get also NHL. Yeah, we've got all your needs covered and even the NBA season coming NBA, up pretty geez. soon here. If you use the promo code FNTSY at checkout, you can get 10% off your season-long subscription for NHL, NBA, or even the premium full membership. There you go. Love it, buddy. Thank you so much. Yeah, great talk to you, Andy. There he goes, Ben Kramer from Daily Roto and CFL.ca. If you have any CFL fantasy questions, you can hit him up at Benjamin, myself, at AndyMC81, both on Twitter. Well, that will do it, ladies and gentlemen. A pleasure, as always. Enjoy Week 18. For producer Arad, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.